Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message brought to you by John Crampton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. I haven't seen you for a while. Okay, this is not the congregation I left. Let me just check my glasses here. Congregation I left used to talk back with me. Not at me, with me. How's it, family? Are you good? All right. So... So good for Lisa and I to be back, and um, we had just uh, the most amazing time, and um, so uh, we're all energized and refreshed to run this next year, and, um, and it's, it's not you know, because of New Year's resolutions or whatever, it's just a sense, an expectation that we are going to be stepping into a whole bunch of new things. And um, so I'm going to be tying that in a little bit this morning. My, my message is basically just amplifying what took place in the worship. It's kind of like, I think that's like, yay. You know, if the worship went one way and the message went another, it's kind of like, oh, who was hearing God? But when it lines up, and it's not because you planned it that way, but because the Holy Spirit just coordinates things, it's kind of like, oh, yes. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. And um, and I think that for for mo- most of us, we, we look. We could have been on holiday. We could have just slept in. But here you are. I, I mean, I see extra chairs brought in as well. Like, where did you guys all come from? You know, back in the day, we used to actually close for three weeks in December, January. And um, and just to to look at the way in which the Lord is causing us, His people, to gather together, this yearning for fellowship, for 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 worshiping the Lord together in the context of family, and that He's growing that, and this this thing of fruitfulness. Um, yeah, I just had a sense that it, not just the year of the open door, but it's also the year of the open womb. Yeah, does anybody want that? This is gender specific, okay? This is, let's just, let's not get into that crazy nonsense, okay? Gender specific prophetic words here. Uh, and you must be married, okay? You must be married. Um, but thank you, Lord, that there are going to be signs in the natural of fruitfulness and they, they, you're going to open wombs. Hallelujah. Yeah? Does your wife know that you put your hand up? Do you want to come and sit next to him? Yeah, just like hold his hand. Just like down, down boy. Was it right? Come sit next to him. Come. I don't want to embarrass you. I just want you to sit and hold your husband's hand. You know. Thank you. Sorry, we just, this is an unusual service. If you're visiting, come back another time. We'll see if we can try and approximate something that's normal. 
We're still trying after all these years. We haven't actually even figured out the formula for normal yet. But, you know, we live in hope. Um, so, uh, we were just reflecting with the, 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 the various folks who were doing things this morning. Wasn't it just a wonderful, like, bunch of people doing different things this morning, yeah? And, and we were kind of like, oh, how long have you been at Breakthrough? And how long have you been? And how, how, how far the connections go back? You know, with Elise Marie, it was my dad with her dad in the 1970s came together to put on like the biggest charismatic conference that this country had ever seen. Like 10,000 people in the first week of January of the opening decade, 1980, 10,000 believers came together. So her dad was involved with my dad in trying to, you know, put that thing together. So there's like a bit of history, you know. And Steve, he, he arrived unannounced on a bus in 1999. We were doing a, a school of the word. And, um, and he'd heard through his sister, who was in the church that was connected to us in a place called Cathcart. When I was a little oak in Cathcart, when the Holy Spirit fell on my parents. So there's you know history connection, how the Lord ties all these things together. So his sister says, hey Steve, and Steve had grown up in the revivals in Uganda. And, uh, and they'd heard that the Lord was doing things among us. So he came to meet us and he's never left. <laughs> and then, and then we, you guys, you only arrived not so long ago taking over in other words the Lord is he's bringing new people and he's reviving relationships and foundational things and it's a beautiful blend together when we're just reflecting there was a time when, when as, as breakthrough um, there weren't that many of us I mean we counted the pregnant woman twice And um, we literally, there was a guy in, in prison, and we'd heard about this thing called cell groups. So we counted him as a member as well. And we added all that together, and we still only about 60 people. And the Lord, the Lord prophesied, Woof, sing, O barren woman, you who've never born. For more will be the children of the barren one. And spread out, stretch out, the left, the right. And we're 60 of us. It's kind of like, we look at each other, it's like, well, you're not going to have any more kids. You're not going to have any more kids. And there were only a handful of people, actually, who were sort of in the, in the family way. And within months, two sets of twins were born. It's amazing. Talk about like expansion, acceleration, and fruitfulness. The Lord gave us a sign in the natural as to what He was doing in the supernatural. I just sense that this thing of the Lord opening doors for us, that He's actually going to give to us some tangible physical signs. 
that he actually means it. Uh, I was thinking the last few weeks and um, a particular Sunday, which is also around this New Year's thing, and the whole message was around, the Lord was taking through metamorphosis from the, the worm through the cocoon because the transformation, the metamorphosis, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that metamorphosis is that, that change of mind, be renewed, is the same word as the, the caterpillar changes to become the butterfly and how the Lord was going to bring change. And as we left that service, it just so happened that that was the day the white butterflies exploded across Johannesburg. There'd been a few you know, the days before, but that morning, as we all left, it was just like millions of white butterflies. It was like the Lord was giving us a sign in the natural of what he was actually wanting to do. He was wanting to bring that change, that transformation. So I don't know what's going to happen if your doors are going to blow off the hinges <laughs> or, or, or what's going to happen here. Uh, but the Lord's going to open new doors. It's going to open new things. I, I'm, I'm, hmm. I haven't preached for a while, so I'm, <laughs> you'll excuse me. Nah. Neresh, without your permission, I'm just going to... But Naresh was trusting the Lord year after year for a promotion that he knew he was qualified for. And he knew he deserved it. And there was a sense in which he would trust the Lord and he would come with his first fruits and say, I'm trusting the Lord that there's going to be a breakthrough. It didn't happen. The next year, I'm trusting the Lord. It didn't happen. He was overlooked, somebody else was moved in, whatever, and six years in a row. He came to me a couple of weeks ago. He said, that thing that we've been trusting the Lord for, that promotion. My, my point is that We'd love for the things to change and happen now, like instantly. And, and part of what the Lord is doing, I don't know why I'm so emotional this morning, but part of what the Lord's doing is he's causing his faithfulness to be worked into our lives. You know, we love things, shiny things. New things. We like things. And we can be distracted by things, thinking that things will bring us satisfaction. But the Lord wants to show us that whether there are things or there are no things, it's called nothing. Can we trust Him? Can we? He owes us 
nothing. This thing of entitlement, it's almost become like a culture in our nation, is warring against the nature and the character of God. Because what happens is that people, we, we begin to assimilate from the culture of the day, like God owes me stuff. Like, you know, I deserve something. He, God had better perform, he'd better come through. You know, because I said the prayer, I said the declaration, I did all these things. Now God must. God doesn't have to must anything. No, no, I, I, I worry. I worry that that we only want to worship the Lord when things are going well. And yet when we read the scriptures, you know, David, he wrote some pretty raw things. And this, this guy Job, he, he didn't have such a, a good time of it. You know, Job is the oldest book in the Bible. It's like he was walking beginning in Revelation. That's not the pinnacle of Revelation. So it's, you know, don't base your whole life on Job. So as, as one of the church leaders said, Job was the question, Jesus is the answer. And, and when you go to Job for answers, you're going to be left with more questions, actually. So just recognize where it fits in. But in this whole thing, I mean, Job was a wealthy guy. The Lord blessed him. He had all this stuff. And then he went through a season of devastation. He lost everything. Family, wealth, status, house positions, everything. His wife was just hanging on by a thread. Lost. She said, listen man, just be done with it. Just curse God, he'll kill you. Get out of the mess. And, and Job came to this realization. It's not about the things. It's about God himself. And even if he slay me, Yet, I'll worship him. I'll serve him. God owes us nothing. I, I, I get really concerned. And you'll notice from time to time, I, I will say things, and I'm aiming it at church leaders. But you might as well get in on the act as well. I worry when church leaders have this mentality that the church owes, owes them something. The church owes pastors nicks. There's, there's no self-entitlement anywhere in the body. God owes us nothing. We deserve nothing. And he reached into our lives. Listen, we were deserving of hell. Of being condemned, damnation. We deserved nothing except his judgment. 
And he reached in and he said, I will forgive you. I will rescue you. I will save you. That alone is enough. Anything else is a bonus. So let us not treat the bonus as though we were entitled to it. When the bonus comes, we rejoice. We celebrate. We acknowledge, wow, Lord, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Thank you, Lord, your goodness. You didn't have to, but you did because it's who you are. But you didn't owe me anything, but I'm so grateful. We've come through 23. My goodness, there were times in the year we wondered what next. You know, all kinds of things going on. The economy and politically and wars going on and all kinds of, of things that we've we faced. But through it all, we're learning the faithfulness of God. And as we go into 24, we are expecting more. But even if he gives us nothing, we're still going to worship him. Because he's worthy. You see, when we misunderstand, we take from the world, and we misunderstand, we think God is like Father Christmas. So we come to him for presents instead of his presence. We get things mixed around. Now we're coming for him, not for what he can give us. Is that all right? Okay. Now that's not what I was going to talk to you about. Let me see if we can do this. I was going to use the word quickly, but then I thought, well, what's the point of even using that word? So, where's this connotation thing between the sense of 2024, besides the fact that it rhymes beautifully for us in English? It doesn't work so well in Afrikaans that I can gather. 24. Dear. Doesn't quite work, right? No. So it only really works if you're English. That's why we've got to be careful when we get into all this prophetic stuff. Rhymes that work in one language may not work in another language. So does, does that negate the word? Not necessarily, but this, let's not overemphasize things. But it, it's, it works nicely for us. 24, door, it works. More. Okay. But the, the interesting thing is that the, the sense is actually coming from the Hebrew calendar year more than from our um, calendar. The, the Hebrew year, which actually started on the 15th of September, that's when their calendar begins, they call it the head of the year, is 5784. This happens to also have a four in it. Okay, so that's quite nice. Five, seven, eight, four is when the Hebrews say Adam was born. That interesting. Okay. So, and in the Hebrew, 
They've only got 22 letters of the alphabet. How many have we got? Just checking. So 22 letters, and within the context of the Hebrew alphabet, the, the letters also correspond to numbers, numeric. So there's, there's sort of like a counting thing that sometimes takes place. Now, let us be careful not to reduce the scriptures just to some kind of code. Some academics try to superimpose a numeric system onto the scriptures as though it was just some kind of computerized formulaic. No, 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 no. We don't relate to God based on formulas. We live by the spirit, not by formulas. Yeah? So when we get into numerology and, you know, this number means this and that and we begin to prophesy of numbers, what we're doing is we're taking something that is perhaps just like a, like a spice and you're making it the main thing of the meal. You're like, look, garlic is really good for adding a little bit of taste. But if all you're eating is garlic, heaven help your family. In other words, so looking at the numbers, whatever, it just adds a little bit of spice, but it's not the main meal. So I'm going to be talking a little bit about spice this morning, but it's not necessarily the main meal. Are you, are you understanding where I'm coming? I don't want us to kind of get into this thing of now we're all into numbers and you're looking at number plates when you're driving, you know, and what's the number of my house and, you know, what does this mean and. Oh, I'm living in the wrong house. It's number 13. Oh, gosh, you know, I better move. No, 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 don't, don't, don't get into those silly, worldly kind of, it's almost like horoscope kind of nonsense. That's not Christianity. Okay? So I know that you can buy these books in the Christian bookstores, but remember, the bookstores are there to sell books. They're not there to tell you this is a good book and that's one is dodge. They sell dodge as well as good, as long as it makes money. Because they've got to pay the rent. Not everything in black and white is true. That's why he's given us the gift of discernment. Like you read a book, oh, this isn't what I thought it was. File 13. Or save it when you've got a light of fire in the middle of winter. You've got some paper that will burn nicely. Okay, don't pass it on to somebody else. Just burn it. Fuel for the fire. Okay? Anyway. So the Hebrew letters, 22 of them, got some kind of numeric thing. And so the number that's corresponding to the numeral 4 is the Hebrew letter Dalet. And I'm, I'm not a Hebrew speaker, so I'm probably going to mispronounce the words. But it's okay, you probably don't care. Okay, some of you do. All right, God bless you. But the, in, in ancient Hebrew, when they first wrote the language, it's a bit like Chinese, you've got characters. And the characters have got some pictorial, it's pictograph, it's got a pictorial significance. So the letter 
is designed, it looks a little bit like what it's describing. And so the, the letter, Dalet, which is associated with four, looks a little bit like a tent flap, or the opening of a tent, and later in life it became to represent an open door. So number f- the fourth letter is signified by an open door. So in the year 5784, if we concentrate on the four, it's an open door from the Hebrew. That's what a lot of the prophetic kind of sense that we're kind of like, yay, we can pin it on something. Okay. The, um, the thing about open doors as Steve was just so beautifully, prophetically inviting us, is a door's got a threshold. And a door can be open. But an open door is no good to you unless you cross over the threshold. You know, there was the promised land to all 12 tribes. A couple of tribes said, actually this side of the Jordan looks pretty good. We don't want to go and fight, they thought to themselves. So we'll just say to the other tribes, yeah, you go ahead, we'll, 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 we'll stay here. And Joshua said, no, that's not how it works, boys. All your fighting men will still come across. But the promised land was for all the tribes. A couple of the tribes didn't enter in. They didn't cross over. There's a threshold, there's an open door, there's a promise for the promised land. But we've got to cross over to enter in and take possession of it. The Lord gave the promise and he said, I've given it to you, now get up and fight. So what is it? Is it like it's a present or we've got to fight and take it by force? Which one? Both. So there's a contending for the spiritual promises. The enemy doesn't want us to succeed. The enemy doesn't want us to step into the fullness of what God has for us. The enemy doesn't want us to encounter the glory of the Lord. The enemy wants to distract us and sidetrack us and and all of these different things that he can try and cause us to be offended or distracted or maimed in some way so that we don't push through to attain the promise that he's given to us. We can get caught up in all kinds of things. You can get caught up in good things even. Following sport, following the stock markets, following whatever. 
But you can become so preoccupied with so many other things that it distracts from you giving the attention in the realm of the spirit to what the Lord's doing. Because if we're going to keep in step with the spirit and the spirit will lead us, we need to have open ears to be hearing what he's saying to us so that we can be in the right place at the right time so that we're walking in the fruitfulness that he has for us. Yeah? Okay. I see they fixed the clock. We were struck by lightning a couple of weeks ago and um, I was hoping that somehow the clock had been All right, let's see if we can just do this. So 5784, the, the, the letter 5 is the Hebrew letter He, and the picture of that is a person standing with arms raised, and it points to revelation. And uh, the significance is that there be divine revelation and the presence of God. Yes, we also know that number 5 is for grace, but it's by his grace that we've been saved that we can come into his presence. But like this posture. So the posture for 2024 is one of we to receive revelation. And we to walk in his presence. That's kind of like what we were doing in the worship this morning. If you're unaccustomed to free flow worship, you might have noticed there were times the words weren't there. That's because they just went off script. Now it's not because they don't practice and they do. But in the moment, this is kind of like, hey, we just feel the breath, the wind of the Spirit on this thing. So let's just trim the sails and let's just go with it. You're like in a yachting race. I'm interrupting my interruption now. But when, you, when you're yachting and you want to go in a particular direction, right, and the wind is coming from, you know, whatever side, you set the sail to be able to be propelled forward. But there are times when the, the, the strength of the wind goes more or less or it changes angle slightly. You say, well, I've set my sail. That's it. We're going in this direction. This is how we planned it. It's like, hmm, the wind has changed. You'll be stuck going nowhere. Or you'll think you're somewhere, but you actually aren't anywhere. So rather trim the sails in the moment. Whoa, the Holy Spirit's taking us here. There's something on this we're resonating as a company of people, not because the music group are having a great time, it's because we together corporately are experiencing the Lord. I had such a sense of that this morning, like Holy Spirit was leading us. Like just pull hands off John, don't touch, just leave, give it space. Yeah, but what about the visitors, what will they think? It's like, they're going to think we're weird. They won't come back. And it's like, no, no, we'd rather have him. Because we want the wind to come back. And so it does look different. It's like, but where's your program? Listen, we've got a program. I promise you. I can show you. We've got a program. I can show you my notes. I did prepare I've had months to prepare. But 
Wouldn't it just be better to have him rather than our program? And, and so this sense of, let's open up our hearts. So Lord, have your way. In this year, 24, we're okay with it being different. Even if the, listen, they already know because the Bible told them they're a peculiar people. So they already know we're peculiar. It's okay, give them reason to confirm that actually these are biblical Christians, they're peculiar. So that's the number five, revelation, presence. And the number seven, Hebrew Zalin, it's pictured, I don't know this, a sword or a plowshare. And, and it, so it's this thing of cutting off. Yeah? As well as completeness, wholeness. But wow, breakthrough. Cutting off the chains. Cutting off the things that have held us back. That we can go through the door. Feel like the Lord is going to be, you know, things from our past, baggage that we've carried for years and decades, traumas, disappointments, you know, the, the, the work of the enemy, he's going to actually cut that off instead of us dragging it with us that this is our identity. We actually get severed from that thing. That's no longer our identity. That happened to me, but that's not who I am. He's going to heal me. I'm going to become whole. Yeah? My past does not define my future. The Spirit defines my future. I used to be known like this. Yeah? The people at school, oh, you're a blah, blah, blah. No, I'm not that. Yeah? At school, I was a nothing and a nobody, man. I was the runt, man. I was skinny like this. I didn't know that at the time. It's true. My parents spoke such identity into me, I thought I was one of the big boys. I look at the pictures, kind of like, whew, I was. I wasn't one of the cool kids. I didn't surf, I didn't smoke, didn't go drinking, didn't have a motorbike. And I was in the Christian grouping, a boys only school. I mean, that's where the nerds hang out. It's just like I didn't identify with the nerds because I identified with the. But if I talk to people who know me from those days, what they would define me is not what God defines me. You've got people, family members who knew you in a particular way from your past. That's not you. The number seven. Cut that off. We are not defined by our past. But there's also this thing of completeness, wholeness. You see, when we whole and when we complete, then we're really we're in that place where we can be fruitful. Be fruitful and multiply.
Is that right? The number eight in Hebrew, it's Chet or Chet. And the funny thing is that it was illustrated by a fence or an enclosure. Yeah. And um, so it was also associated with new beginnings and renewal. So I suppose it's like crossing over into the new thing, crossing over the boundary, whatever it is. But the number eight, beginnings, new beginnings. Oh, I'm all for this. I'm all for this. That the Lord has brought us to completion and now there's new beginnings. And so there's renewal, there's a revival, there's a a, a Holy Spirit move in our hearts and our lives. So that's five, seven, eight, and four. I could end the message here, but I've got five endings. The year of the door, Jesus said, I am the door. You need a scripture to make this a legal meeting. John chapter 10 and verse 9 from the ESV. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, will go in and out and find pasture. I am the door. 2024 is the year of us going to Jesus. Come to me, Jesus said, and I will give you rest. Come to me if you're weary, heavy laden. So we can leave all that stuff and move. He's the one who gives us peace. He's the prince of peace. He's the one who gives healing. He's our provider. He says, the context there is he's the shepherd. In John chapter 10, I'm the good shepherd. Hello. And um, heading for my fourth finish now. The door, other translations, I'm the gate. The sheep go in and out and they find pasture. What's pasture? Sheep need pasture for nutrition, food. In other words, the provisions, whatever we have need of. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says we've been blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. So when we come to him, Christ Jesus, he's the door and in him and through him we have access to the heavenly realms and every spiritual blessing. So there's spiritual blessings and there are earthly blessings. The revelation that we need Five, seven, eight, four. But in Jesus. So, John's having this revelation, fifth ending, and a voice says, Come up higher. He says, And I saw an open door, and the voice said, Come higher. Revelation. Entering into the spirit realms. Now, caution. Every biblical record of somebody being caught into heaven, God initiated 
So let's be careful everybody is going trips to heaven three times before breakfast. Hmm. Biblically, biblically, every example of somebody having a heavenly experience, the Lord initiated. Not like, you know what? I've got half an hour, I'm just going to go to heaven quickly. Let he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Okay. I'm the door, I'm the gate. And in Malachi, he says, I will open the flood gates of heaven and the provision, the release. So we're expecting that there's going to be this flow, this release of provision that's going to come to the body of Christ and to our lives. So Lisa and I have been proclaiming Jubilee. Jubilee, we're contending for Jubilee. Yeah? So, all right, I've preached enough, you've had enough. I think we can all go home. Open doors, open ears, open eyes, open hearts. We declare 2024 is open. It's open. Yeah. Come, let's stand. Thank you. I appreciate the couple of extra minutes there. Would you be okay to, to hold hands with the person next to you? It's okay. You like the person next to you, you want to go out with them if you're not married. <laughs> New Year's always a good time, just double squeeze. It's like if you accept this squeeze back, you can meet up for coffee downstairs, exchange phone numbers. Church is a great place to find somebody. Thank you, Lord, for family. Thank you for the, the body of Christ. Thank you that you put us, you place us in family, that we might experience love and that we might love others. And together that we might strengthen and encourage one another to love you more and to live for you. That when one of us is going through a tough and a difficult time, we've got somebody else grabbing hold of us, lifting us up and carrying us through. Lord, as we go into 2024, we thank you that you set before us an open door. That all your promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And we ask, Lord, that as we choose at the beginning of this year to submit ourselves to you and your leading and your direction, we say, Holy Spirit, help us to stay in step with you, that this year is all about you. You owe us nothing. We owe you everything. So we consecrate our lives 
We dedicate our lives to you afresh and anew. That's the only resolution we're going to make. We're yours. We live for you. And from this place of being adopted and in your family, we ask, Lord, let your favor, your peace, your mercy, your protection, and your provision rest upon each one of us today and for the next 360 leap year all the days of 24. Yeah.